Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of writers and thinkers. I'm Michael Brennan Doherty, Senior Correspondent at TheWeek.com, and today I'd like to talk about how the GOP burned a generation of political talent. The Republican Party could learn something from the Democratic Party, namely how to be less democratic. This is not a joke. The GOP needs to learn how to ward off unserious or institution-destroying candidacies. The two longtime frontrunners in this presidential cycle were Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. And frankly, you'd be hard-pressed to find two candidates more loathed by the very people who make the Republican Party a viable national institution. Compared to the party's dominant position across the country in state houses and governor's mansions, Trump and Cruz were profoundly unpopular figures. And now, Trump has made it all the way to become the presumptive Republican nominee. If the Republican Party doesn't want a repeat of this campaign disaster, it should find a way to forbid so many clowns from entering the clown car in the first place. Or it should at least find a mechanism for forcing out more earlier, before serious voting begins. The GOP should also wake up to the fact that having so many candidates in successive election cycles has now exposed and burned a generation of political talent. A nearly 18-month electoral contest with 17 candidates and debates that resemble Westminster Dog Show more than the Lincoln-Douglas affair just creates more trouble than it's worth. It creates a pickiness in the media and in the electorate. Donald, 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 I understand rules Mr. are very Trump, hard for you. They're very confusing. Job. I have his book. Okay, yeah, that's that, 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 so, thank, thank you for the book. Donald, thank you for the book. Go ahead. Donald, you can get back on your bed. a lot of fun now. up here tonight, I have to tell you. Having so many balls on a billiard table creates odd bounces. Just think of how many Republican governors have gone to the political graveyard in the last five years simply because the field was too crowded or they ran into an ugly matchup. Arguably, the two figures who had the most success implementing Republican policy ideas, John Huntsman and Rick Perry, have torched their ambitions for any high office. One branding problem or a bad debate becomes unfixable. Jeb Bush, a moderately successful governor, was able to soak up a ton of intellectual and financial resources in his run, but newcomer Donald Trump became his political kryptonite. This is a tough business oh, to run for oh, president. Oh, I know. You're a tough guy, Jeb. And, and we need to have a leader that is pre- real tough. You're never going to be president of the United States tough, by insulting yeah. your way to well, the let's presidency. Let's see. I'm at 42 and you're at 3. So, Doesn't so matter. far, I'm doing better. Doesn't matter. Tim Pawlenty and Scott Walker tried to run as frontrunners early in their successive cycles, only to discover that with so many candidates vying for donors, they could not keep up momentum. <laughs> For a comparison, let's look at the Democrats. In 2000, they had a brief competition between Al Gore and Bill Bradley. In 2004, John Kerry was the de facto nominee after Iowa. The 2008 primary eventually whittled down to three serious contenders, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and John Edwards. Although Bernie Sanders put up a brave fight this year, Clinton is protected because she has only one opponent and a firewall of party insider superdelegates to save her from unpredictable, demonic forces. Clinton even admits that she isn't very good at campaigning. I am not a natural politician, in case you haven't noticed. And yet she's only benefited by the narrowness of the primary. 
Consider this, in just a few days, Hillary Clinton infuriated the LGBT community by praising Ronald Reagan's handling of the AIDS crisis. Then she touted the Libya intervention as one in which Americans, quote, didn't lose a single person, unquote, forgetting that most Americans would count the four deaths in Benghazi, including her own ambassador, as part of that conflict. And then there was the unforced error when, in trying to please environmentalists, she said, Because we're going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. It's lucky that Clinton doesn't face a phalanx of challengers, each of whom could preserve their viability in the race with even a small bounce in the polls or a few good news cycles. In a long, drawn-out, multi-candidate race, perhaps Jim Webb could have hit her on jobs in coal country. A leader of the social left could have made hay from her comments about Ronald Reagan. And an anti-war candidate could have slashed her over Libya. Even though Hillary is likely the party's strongest general election candidate, she could have been exposed and the plurality of candidates could have overtaken her. But if this is the norm for the Republican Party, if every presidential contest will always have four or more aspirants, then the party should consider instituting some kind of instant runoff voting system in their primaries. It's not perfect, but instant runoff voting is far more suitable for multi-candidate races and better at landing on a consensus figure than allowing a small plurality to divide and conquer the entire party. An instant runoff system would have given viable national politicians chances at recovering from a one or two news cycle death spiral. It would have revealed the lack of depth of support for candidates who command just one faction of the party. Or the Republican Party can just keep watching as demagogues and unpredictable debates devour another generation of talent and their hopes of commanding the ever more important executive branch. And that does it for this week's episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To check out the week's selection of podcasts, including 7-Minute Explainers and This Week I Learned, go to theweek.com slash audio. And if you like what you hear, tell us by giving us a review or a rating on iTunes. I'm Michael Brennan-Doherty, and thanks so much for listening.